0: Now, this is Box to Box Stoppage Time with Rob Gilbert and Derek Dyson. Oh,
1: what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. And Hoyt's What's Herbs and Spices. Food? Changing the mood of food. Absolutely fast!
2: Hello and welcome to Box Talk Stoppage Time. You're with Rob Gilbert, Derek Dyson and Willem Van Denderen for a podcast spun off from our main show where we go through all the highlights of the past week, the teams, the moments of the week and plenty more and we've got a huge lineup. Derek, you always sort of steer us in the right direction with your general thoughts on, on the subject. Uh, um, I really enjoyed um, this week's main show with uh, with Robbie Thompson and uh, and Andy Jones and uh, some of the topics we discussed in, in that show. We're going to sort of Pick apart in a little more detail in uh, in stoppage time this week.
1: Yeah, I think we'll get on to uh, Everton and and Sean Dyche. It's obviously, came up in mm. in the main show. But I wanted to start with the game of the week, and as always, I've tried to scour across Europe. I think there were some more obvious uh, games in England that might have been picked up from the World Cup. Uh, sorry, the FA Cup weekend. But I've gone for the team that. Um, we always talk about in this show. We've adopted Union Berlin. It wasn't lost on me that they were playing uh, their bitter rivals from across town, uh, to Berlin, this weekend, and it was an absolute roar of an atmosphere there in the Olympic Stadium. And but it was Union uh, no longer the underdogs really in this fixture, but beating beating uh, them two nil, uh, and because of uh, a buy-in uh, a draw against Frankfurt and uh, that was their third consecutive draw for Bayern uh, that means that they closed the gap on uh, Bayern Munich at the top of the table to one point and in fact I think the top five uh, in the Bundesliga is only separated by a couple of points so it is a genuinely open season and title race in Germany which we don't usually see but there were pyrotechnics on and off the pitch in this game some great goals but the union fans uh ignoring stadium announcers please for them to stop setting off fireworks and flares and you when you were watching the highlights package there was this murky smoke all over the uh the screen at, at various times um but yeah it's a it's a uh, one of those games that i don't know didn't know much about this derby before but it's certainly just as passionate any other boys and uh, we'll certainly try and cover the next one when it happens
2: yeah we had a good chat with kit holden from the athletic um what was it a month or two even ago when uh uh, when you were uh, were starting to to uh be Taken seriously, so um, yeah, that, that's uh, an amazing result. So and 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 series of results that has them, you know, sort of uh, still up there uh, at the top end of the ladder. So we, we better get old mate kit back on again soon. Now we can't have a game of the week without referencing uh, Wrexham. I know uh, uh, everyone wants to talk about Wrexham these days, but uh, that uh, that three all draw against Sheffield United in the FA Cup fourth round. Uh, that just seriously had it all except a result. The Dragons led 2-1 then 3-2. But it was a stoppage time goal that rescued the visitors in the end, uh, heading for promotion themselves in the Premier League. Of course, 80 spots apart, I think, in, in the pyramid uh, against the non-league Wre- Wrexham. Uh, you know, it was almost a, a script in that game that could have been written by Ryan Reynolds and his uh, Hollywood owners. Ollie McBurney gave United an early lead. It sort of looked like it was heading in one direction. Then, Seven minutes on the clock. Wrexham's defenders, Jordan Tunnicliffe and Aaron Hayden, they were both off the field with injury. So you thought one down, two defenders off the field, they no chance. But goals from James Jones and Tom O'Connor put the Welsh side back in front. Oliver Norwood equalises again for the Blades. Then Daniel Jebberson is sent off for United. And Paul Mullen, amazing goal-scoring record. uh, uh, This, I think, uh, something like 90-odd goals in 120 games. uh, Scores four minutes from time. It looks like they've secured the result. But uh, Egan scores an injury-time winner. And uh, it was an amazing twist in an enthralling game. And, Derek, um, uh, a lot of the commentators were talking about... The uh, the rich history of uh, of Wrexham in the FA Cup, and it caused me to do a little bit of homework. Do, do you know what the richest of rich histories is uh, for for Wrexham in the FA Cup?
1: Yeah, the big Arsenal, I believe, and famous. Was that? Yeah, I think it was Arsenal in an FA Cup game and one of one of our lowest points. Is that what you were going to talk about, Rob? That's
2: exactly where I was going. Uh, Arsenal uh, arrived uh, uh, as the reigning champions of the then First Division. George Graham, um, the manager, and uh, and and Wrexham beat them um, on that occasion. So I just thought uh, if you didn't know, then I just wanted to make sure that you did by the time this one was out.
1: How did Liverpool go over the weekend, Rob?
2: Oh, mean I, I had a really busy weekend socially. I think I was out at the tennis. I don't think I paid a lot of attention to the football on the weekend, Derek. So thank you very much oh. for being a smartass. And you're, you're, you're bringing <laughs> shithousery to the podcast as much as, as, uh, as uh, we are seeing it on the pitch in recent times.
1: Yeah, and with uh, the, the Hillsville football starting up again next week, and plenty of shithousery has come there as well. Possibly a
0: game of the week too.
2: Oh, great. Reigning Ballon d'Or champion of the Hillsville third division, D. Dyson. What about you, Willem? If you got a game of the week?
0: Yeah, I've got a game of the week. Rob, I'm going to take you to AJ Kelly Park, which was the home of Peninsula Power, the club of one of our good friends, Craig Farugel, who have a, a fantastic... Uh, Australia Cup record, uh, but it wasn't the power playing there on uh, this occasion. It was the Brisbane Raw women and the Wellington Phoenix women. Uh, the Raw found themselves 2-0 up and a player up after a Wellington red card on 27 minutes. Katrina Gorry scored her th- third goal of the season and ran the length of the field uh, to give someone a hug. It could have been her mum. It was uh, quite a nice moment and at 2-0, that should have been it. From there, the 10 women of Wellington, who sit last, uh, went and scored in the 33rd, 66th and 78th minutes through uh, Foster, through Clegg and through Viznevsky. Uh, Brisbane found the equaliser uh, through Larissa Crummer. Only to go and concede again in the 93rd to Michaela Robinson of Wellington. Uh, that one was chalked off, fortunately though for Brisbane. That would have been uh, seriously embarrassing. Uh, they eventually survived three apiece. Uh, but what it also says is a little bit more about Wellington, who have uh, roused themselves from a, a horror second season in the competition. Their first eight games, they uh, saw seven losses and a draw. Of their last two games, though, they've had a 5-0 win uh, and now a 3 all draw. So starting to hit the onion bag in their last two, Derek. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds uh, fantastic. So plenty of good games of the week there.
1: And one of the games of the week could have been the subject of my team of the week. I think this went... Uh, just after uh, we recorded the show last week, and this is little-known Darvel uh, FC, and this is the Scottish Cup, uh, and they defeated sixth tier. Uh, they are in the sixth tier, sorry, and they defeated top-flight Aberdeen. So in the sixth tier, what we're talking about is Scottish Premier League, uh, the Championship, Division One, Division Two the equivalent of the conference. And then they have a Highland and a Lowland. You can't make this stuff up. Highland and Lowland League, of which Darvill are in the Highland League uh, in Perth. And they beat, they beat Aberdeen, who have been on a really poor uh, trot of form. And there are 3,500 people packed into this, this ground, um, just going absolutely wild. Um, and there have been implications of this result because... The manager at Aberdeen then went and lost 6-0 away to Hibernian, and he was sacked 19 mm-hmm. minutes uh, after the game. So poor poor old Jim Goodwin, the ignominy of losing to to Darvel FC, uh, who will now bad play loss. for... Sorry, say that again?
0: Jim, bad loss. He's gone.
1: Yeah, he is gone. He was uh, spotted carrying his man bag across the turf at Hibernian. It was pretty undignified. Darvel will play Falkirk. In the next round, and I'm just looking at their Wikipedia page now. The Vale, unfortunately, you know, not 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 the greatest nickname. But they were founded in 1889. to play at Recreation Park, which has a capacity of 2,200, which is interesting given they said there were three and a half thousand in the ground, <laughs> of which 60 are seated. So, if you're lucky to get one of those 60 seats, um, then you're in for a treat. And their their biggest honor was. Getting the West of Scotland League Premier
0: Division champions, and that actually happened last year. So,
1: good on Darvel. They are my
0: team of the week, guys. We're gonna to have to share our uh, share a nomination here because Darvel are my uh, my moment of the week. You've you've laid it out beautifully. You've said just about everything I wanted to say, except for the fact <laughs> that uh, club owner John Gall is also the manager uh, of Browning's the Bakers. I assume that's some sort of local bakery chain there. Uh, and to this point, the most famous. Uh, Darvelian export would have been Sir Alexander Fleming, who in 1945 shared the Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine uh, for his discovery of penicillin. So, uh, yeah, the draw's been pretty kind to them, Derek. Considering some of the uh, the big dogs still remaining in the cup, uh, to draw Falkirk, who sit second in Scottish League One, uh, is actually quite kind. You just never know. No, it's
1: the it's the magic of the Scottish FA Cup,
0: as no one has ever <laughs>
1: said ever in their lives. But yeah, no, I'm sorry for. Uh, doing a rob on you, uh, Willem, and, and taking your, uh, your your moments away with my big bowling pin, knocking over, by well, a bowling ball knocking over your pins there. Uh, See, so there you go. I
2: do it, I do it once. It's like, it's, it's, it's like that goat joke, isn't it? You just do it once and you just you got a reputation forever. Well, we're going to stay in Perth, by the way, but just a different Perth. In fact, we're not going to stay literally in Perth. We're just going to talk about Perth. I know I've already had my game of the week a three all draw, and I'm going to have another draw to nominate my team of the week. So uh, Perth we're talking of the glory type into the mix uh, in the distance derby. So they're 2-0 down after 20 minutes at Palmerston North, 5,340 kilometres away. And that solitary point has the glory just out of the top six on a goal difference. So credit to Ruben Zadkovic for what is shaping as one of the real positive stories of the A-League men's season. But th- that's the, the game itself and the comeback of Perth and admittedly uh, uh, Phoenix, who uh, you know, are doing exceptionally well themselves of the men's type to, to mirror their, their women's team. But the pitch, it was an absolute disgrace. So So Sky Stadium was unavailable and a lot of other venues across the country as well. So Phoenix took the game two hours north of their home base to the Central Energy Trust Arena, which in the week prior had hosted the Juicy Fest concert and a speedway meeting in the previous week. So it was it was particularly bad in the penalty box at the southern end of the ground where the concert had been, and it caused chaos for the two goalkeepers, but that didn't stop Nick's favourite, David Williams, from scoring the winner from the spot. It wasn't that uh, uh, disrupted after Tim Payne, not the cricketer, was sent off uh, for the home side. Uh, Perth, really, they should have won it. If you watch the little highlights package there, they had two late efforts off the bar. So well done, Perth. Good positive story in the A-League uh, and, um, and uh, a... a Funny comedic uh, uh, highlight package there for you on YouTube if you search it up uh, at uh, the North uh, Palmerston North Ground post Juicy Fest.
0: Yeah, the world is a better and more complete place with David Williams playing in the A League, Rob. He goes back to 0506 with Brisbane Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a, a fury boy. There weren't too many of them across the sort of 2009 to 2011 period. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a two time soccer as well, which shouldn't yeah. be diminished. Uh, did his best work with with Melbourne City and later Wellington. Uh, he mm. went over to India with Mohun Bagan when that was the flavour of the month during COVID. When it was a, an opportunity for for guys to go and, and find a club when uh, the A League had shut down. Uh, yeah, David Williams, great to see him back playing the A League and the uh, the hero uh, on this occasion for Perth. Yeah, uh, it's team... journey
2: into the into journeyman. Um, yep, carry on. And uh,
0: for, for those interested in Juicy Fest, uh, there are still
1: tickets available for other. Uh, shows in the event where you can see the likes of Nelly uh, Jar Rule Neo Bow Wow Exhibit <laughs> Klingy and Lloyd and Twister so make sure you get down there for the next one
0: uh, My team of the week is also in the A-League. It's the Newcastle Jets, 4-0 over the Raw. Where did this come from? Uh, Post-World Cup break that had one win from seven, sitting second bottom, really only the victory propping them up, uh, who were having a disastrous season. Uh, the Jets just having a pretty poor one. This is the second year under the Arthur Pappas build. So many people excited by the, uh, the expansive, attacking, positive football he was going to play. Uh, and it looked good at the start of last season, but it just haven't taken, uh, has not taken off uh, until Friday night. Four really nice goals, uh, flowing, uh, passing, build-ups, attacking from their own half. Uh, Sotirio, Bajaj, Mikel Tadzi, uh, all very good players on their day at this level, uh, and then Archie Goodwin as well, who's still probably only uh, 17 years old, found the net as well. So uh, the Jets can have it for me. I'm not sure. Uh, whether you can ever back them to, uh, to to follow it up and do it again next week. Uh, but for now, they can have their moment in the sun. 4-0 over the Raw. Uh, certainly a, a surprise result and a surprising team of the week this time around. Probably need to join on to the moment of the week, guys. Uh, and we did
1: talk about this and preview this in the in the top show. And I, I think it was just about the end of Frank Lampard. He hadn't been sacked at the time uh, we, uh, we, we... Well, certainly when we recorded, but the time we got it to air... Uh, my rants about the fact that Lampard wasn't good enough to be Everton manager. Kind of you could throw that in the bin because they'd, they'd already they'd already sacked him. Um but I've just been really interested with Sean Deich's appointment. They almost like it's been like the least well you know most underwhelming management appointment I've I could think of in recent history. Like it's almost like they were too scared to announce it. Like they were maybe waiting around for some other option and then they just kind of went, Oh yeah, we've we've appointed we've appointed Sean Dyche. So that, that was it. I spent ages looking for news stories. All of the news outlets were going, Sean Dice is expected to be appointed. I couldn't actually work out at one point whether Sean Dice had been appointed. And uh yeah, it's just it's it's just probably not the guy that Mashiri wanted to appoint because he likes to appoint people like Ancelotti and Frank Lampard and people that he's heard of. Um, and and potentially not this kind of stubbly, ginger, gnome type guy from the West Midlands who, who plays, you know, get it up there football. But a lot of the commentary around it has been that Everton have probably in the circumstances made the right decision here in terms of if, if the game is Premier League survival and they just need someone to come in and tighten the team up and motivate them. And grind out results. Then, as as we heard on the main show with with Andy there, what a better person than the guy that did it for five or six seasons in a row with Burnley? He's got a track record for trying to weed out the kind of uns bad apples, I think, as they called it. He'll you know, and potentially we speculated whether that was the reason uh, Anthony Gordon has went. Uh, they got some money, but he wasn't behaving himself but he is the sixth manager in five years now for for Everton. And when you think about some of the other managers that they've had, it's, there's been no consistency with the appointment. And yeah, uh, I also read somewhere that Sean, you know, going, going to Everton is no longer a step up, but could, it could, could be seen as a step down. So it will be, it will be interesting to see, but yeah, uh, Lampard, Rafa Benitez, Ancelotti, Marco Silva. Yeah. They're all very different managers, guys. And, yeah. With, with, with Lampard, yeah, I don't know where he goes from here. You know, I don't think he gets another Premier League job. I, I don't see how that happens. Um, I think he might have to drop down a league or two and try and build his reputation again.
2: And um, and just on Everton, I mean, if that, if, if Daesh can't save them, that Bramley dock development, I know when I was in Liverpool a few years ago, it was in the early or advanced stages of discussion, but now it's in the advanced stages of building. That will be—it's—it's—it's it's, it's the equivalent to say one of the the new mega stadiums like Tottenham Hotspur's new new home ground. Uh, it will be the most expensive white elephant uh, of a stadium for a championship side, um, uh, without any shadow of a doubt. And you're right about old Frankie—he might—he might come down to the A League. You never know. I mean, it was good enough to do it. Uh, York, there's a job going at Macarthur.
0: Well, he almost did once back in uh, 2014 when David Villa was here. He was uh, when he was mm. at Manchester City and he was part of the uh, the City stable as Villa was as well. Uh, and mm. I think he was all ha- he was happy to come. He was signed up, but well, not officially signed up, but he was taking the first steps of packing his bags. And the then uh, FFA uh, decided when they very much were pulling the strings around marquees and tapping into the fund and deciding who could come, that two in one side was too much, so it was kibosh. Mm. But no, he very nearly did come.
1: Hmm. And his uh, uh, first challenge for his first game, guys, Arsenal at home <laughs> at Goodison Park. So it better not be new manager bounce or dead cat bounce or whatever you want to call it. Let's hope mm. that uh, he can't work his magic too quickly, but I wish him the best of luck. He seems like a terrific fella. The uh, speedy, how about bounce maybe, Derek. Yeah, maybe. Well, at Rob?
2: Moment of, moment of the week, Rob? Yeah, yeah. Look, we I, 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 we we cover um, in equal weight on this show the women's as well as the the men's game. So uh, I, I wanted to. I know you mentioned it in the um, in the main show earlier in the week, but uh, but that Manchester United have rejected a world record bid from Arsenal for England forward Alessia Russo. So uh, the Euro twenty twenty two winner uh, winger. Winner, turned down uh, a, an offer back in, in June last year. and Now, this bid was understood to be more than the £400,000 Barcelona paid for for um, Kira Walsh, uh, the English midfielder, um, in September. So this is just another step in the advancing process uh, uh, prestige of the women's game around the world and, and the professional stakes. So I just thought that that story alone, the very fact that Manchester United have rejected the bid, but ultimately you'd think that Arsenal are pretty serious about this. She's off contract soon. So uh, um, it feels like that deal is inevitably going to get done. And it might even be done by the time this show goes to air with the transfer winning window closing uh, uh, later in, in the day as we record. So that's my uh, moment of the week, Willem. Um, what have you got to throw on the table, mate?
0: Yeah, so my, uh, my moment of the week was uh, was Darvel. So I might pass this one mm-hmm. back to Derek if, we, uh, if we're if we ready to move on to the hot topic or I can jump in first on that one. Up to you. Okay, Go for it, William. Hot topic. This one's around Brighton uh, and the transfer standoff over uh, Moises Caicedo. Uh, their manager, Roberto Deservi, uh, has told both Chelsea, Arsenal, and now Arsenal again, uh, that he's not for sale and he's going to finish the season with them. Uh, Arsenal's second offer reportedly up at £70 million. Uh, he personally also has told them that he wants to leave. They've told him to take some leave until the transfer window is over, and then to, to come back. and I don't think he I don't believe he played against Liverpool in the FA Cup. So, Derek, this for me is an interesting one. Uh, not so much around the uh, the individual player involved, but around a club uh, looking to break from its sort of spot in the ecosystem. Uh, they've uh, they've proved themselves on the field, uh, but they do continue to to lose. Uh, figures of influence, so potter 's gone that 's maybe a different case as the manager, but they 've sold uh, Trossard for twenty four million to Arsenal they lost Mark Kukurea uh, to Chelsea for sixty five million so they 're making some profit uh, but there 's only so long that you can uh, continue to sell up uh, they 're sixth on the table they 've drawn Stoke in the FA Cup last sixteen. Uh, They are flying as high as they've ever flown as a club. Uh, And they've got a a pretty strong sort of ownership and direction under Tony Bloom as well, by all reports. Uh, So, yeah, the interesting point here for me is that they're trying to establish themselves as something better. Uh, And, yeah, clearly this is where they see uh, a point at which they should dig in.
1: Maybe look out for a bid for Yuri Tielemans from Leicester uh, for Arsenal as another potential midfield option because he is also out, out of contract at the end of the season. Arsenal have barked up that tree. Uh, for a little while now and if they can't get Calcedo, they might be going to leicester and for tea lemons. but moving on from uh the transfers i mean this is a bigger topic and i think rob and i both wanted to talk about this one and i planned this segment even before um chelsea announced that they were going to go back in for um for uh, for uh uh, who is it? Who is it, guys? It's for, is it for, uh, Enzo Fernandez, the the Argentinian player. He's uh, potentially coming in for one hundred and five million, and that goes on top of Mudrik. They just bought another player from less uh, from Leon for thirty five million, called Gusto. They've now bought two for Farners. Uh, they've, they've, um, uh, they've they've bought Cucurella. They've bought Kula They've spent. I make it now, according to transfer marks, if they buy uh, Fernandes, then they will have spent 580 million euros by the end of this transfer window. And um, and,
2: and to jump in there, <laughs> in fact, uh, they have they're, they're approaching the same amount Liverpool has spent in the last ten transfer windows dating back to, to 2018. So Liverpool have spent 460 million, uh, 510 million, and uh, and that signing you're talking about might tip them over the edge. That's bizarre. I mean, who would have thought that uh, somebody could come in after uh, a Russian oligarch and, uh, and spend
1: like a drunken sailor? Yeah, well, that's that's the point, isn't it? Where's the where is the money coming from, uh, and how how on earth does this reconcile with? financial fair play. I don't care like what, um, you know, kind of deals they must have in place some broadcast rights and Premier League money and Champions League money. I d- There's absolutely no way they should be able to spend this. I mean, the indication, I think, is the, the length of the contracts that some of the players are signing. And it's a loophole that UEFA, I believe, are trying to close, which is the Mudrik. We, we were laughing about his contract. And it wasn't until I realised afterwards that... This was uh, all about amortisation, and if you sign the player up for longer, then you can sort of have that on your books for a long. You can you can pay it off over a longer period of time. That doesn't count towards financial fair play. And I believe Anthony Gordon, who's gone to uh, Newcastle, who are another club who have been spending, I think, way outside their means uh, by signing him for forty million cash. He's been given a contract till twenty thirty, so they're going to do the old amortisation. Um, play as well, uh, yeah. I just feel like it. I don't know. I'd, it's, it's really easy for an Arsenal fan, you know, to say this, but also cheap because we're spending a lot of money too compared to other clubs. And you know, 60 million, 70 million, 80 million on uh, Cal Calcedo is uh, going to be a lot of money. But I mean, Chelsea are just taking the piss. And if we if we can't if we can't Yeah, what's the point of financial fair play? You might as well just get rid of it. This is what what people are going to do, ultimately.
2: Well, if you you do want to have a laugh about uh, that very subject, because if you don't laugh, you'll cry, just check out the podcast, The Price of Football, University of Liverpool football finance lecturer, Kieran Maguire, and comedian Kevin Day um, are very funny, um, and I've seen uh, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, lecturer Kieran McGuire, or heard him at least, pop up on a few podcasts. Uh, we might even have to try and get them on uh, pretty soon, and uh, see if we can, uh, um, you know, sort of break down the future of this whole thing because it seems like a, a bit of a joke right now, doesn't it? All right, boys, let's wrap it up. Time to go. Time to end Stoppage Time. Um, thank you, Derek. Excellent work again.
0: No problem, Jess. Thank you.
2: Well done. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Damo.
2: And to you all out there listening, please subscribe to box to box Stoppage Time and Offside, wherever you get your podcasts. Tweet us at box to Box NTS and follow us on Twitter. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Give us a rating, Had a lovely rating, and join us throughout the week as our podcasts drop and we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game.